Welcome to the Esports Connected podcast. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. I am so excited to have Lightwear here today. They're one of our greatest new members, and they're a company of inventors. They do signal management. They specialize in audio, video, and data signals. They're constantly enhancing their solutions. Their mission is to provide new technologies should they support people's lives seamlessly, invisibly, just like air and water. Lightwear wants to enable the ease for those who use AV equipment. Who wouldn't like that? They believe in the freedom of information. Information should be available to anyone that wants it. They do their best to expose information to users in the most simple and best format. Well, what's so exciting about today is we have Jason here who designs and delivers the solutions to, for these high-resolution videos that, that are used for any endpoint. And his boss, my gosh, this out-of-the-box, Jason Torado, he wants to just be better every day. His goal is all things to keep his loved ones close, all his people working at Lightwear to grow. He, he loves community. He's a great friend. He's a great leader. He's a, he's a must-follow on your on all of your, of your Twitter and all of your handles. Jason and Mike, it's my pleasure to welcome you as new members, gold um, sponsors for our event in August. And we're so excited to talk about what you guys are up to. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Megan. Gosh, what a great introduction. I mean, you know, yeah, I think I think I got introduced twice. So Mike, I think we got to go back and clarify, you know, your your role in all this, because Megan said Jason and Jason again, but I'll only inadvertently. So I think, so Mike, t- tell a little bit about what you do, what your role is at Lightwear. So I'm one of our senior sales engineers here in North America. I design and uh, provide the solutions to manage high resolution video in, in large scale environments and really any size environment uh, when you're delivering video signal from a source to a destination. Hey, Mike, you've done some work on major companies. You know, I'd, I'd say there's a big one, a big entertainment company that, that uh, has a lot of theme parks that's starts with the letter D. And there's another huge, huge company that provides uh, a lot of people with phones uh, that begins with the letter A. And, and you've done some work with those folks to try to, to try to do exactly what you just described. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe one of those, those applications and, and some of the challenges that came with it? Certainly. I mean, with, with, with the phone slash fruit company, uh, <laughs> their, their broadcast environments are, are being overhauled now. So, so when they do these live events that are both in-person and virtual, uh, a lot of times simultaneously, they are managing all types of different video signals around those, those broadcast environments, whether, you know, they've, they have 8K video walls and they have, you know, numbers of different signals that, that come from different places within the room and different places remotely that need to be managed and displayed at certain times during their presentations, right? So that's the broadcast environment, you know, in the, the large, you know, group space is yeah. an area that we are uh, making some real progress with. And so you, you were actually talking to the engineers there that are responsible for this experience that people are going to have when they walk in this environment, right? And, and, and so you were going back and forth for months. Well, what was one of the things that, that, that you recall Lightwear was able to do that sort of finally got us in the position that we got into with those companies? What was it that you were able to bring that was unique and special about Lightwear? So the, the first thing that kind of brought them in was the fact that, wow, we can manage, you know, 4K or HDMI 2.0 and full resolution, full bandwidth on a 10 gig network. But then we were also able to add the ability, 
you know, to, to manage Dolby Atmos. Mm-hmm. So these video mm-hmm. signals that they're pushing were not just, you know, 4K 60 hertz signals, right? They were 4K 60 hertz signal with HDR and Dolby Atmos. And in and, and our process of work, you know, they kind of came to us and said, hey, listen, we can manage this stuff, you know, on, on, you know, independently, but is there a way that Lightware can manage it alongside the video signal? And yeah. our engineers look at it and go, yeah, we can do that. And, uh, you know, they created a, 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 a custom firmware uh, that's now available to everybody, but they were able to manage Dolby Atmos right on the video signal. And that was when the engineers, uh, you know, at the end customer said, oh, okay, yes. All right. We feel comfortable that we can move forward with, with, what, uh, with what we want to do here because we see what, what, what the capabilities are and what your, you know, what your, your understanding of our, our needs and requirements are. You know, uh, Megan, I want to I, I, I'm, thank you, Mike. That was that was great and, and really insightful. I think uh, one of the things that you started off with in your description about Lightware was that Lightware invents. And it's one of the things I think we're really proud of. And what Mike just pointed out is part of that story, you know, because we have the engineering prowess and the engineering talent back at headquarters, because this is one of the premier universities that is the center of our business. And I, I, I kind of call it like, I don't know if you think of General Dynamics and MIT, you know, in Boston, those are really well known. We're a university that's producing all these really, really high-end engineering talent. Then they go off and they commercialize it, you know, and so General Dynamics would take all those software and mechanical and hardware engineers, and then they turn it into products that can be sold in the open market because they've got this font of talent and engineering prowess coming out of this university. And, right. and we've got a very similar story. Uh, the Budapest University is one of the top universities in Europe for software, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering. And our founder was a student at that university. And, and he started in his spare time just kind of fixing projectors and fixing, you know, little little boards and things like that. And then as soon as he could, he hired his best friend. And then the two of them, you know, got a little office apartment and they started hiring other people. He's grown it now to the point that they hired their professor of, of, of engineering at the university. He now works at Lightware. And so they still call him the professor. And so sometimes like when Mike is talking about a situation where uh, a company will come to us and say, hey, we need something like Atmos developed. They'll go into the professor's lab, you know, and they'll say, hey, professor, you know, we need to do this. And then he'll turn to the whiteboard and start writing and scratching numbers and formulas and signal things like that. And so it's, it's a very exciting and unique place to be in, in that you can have that much talent and that much dedication all there, right there at the headquarters and being refreshed constantly. Because as those new engineers do, you know, graduate from the university, this is someplace they want to go work, right? It's, it's got a reputation there around the university. So I, I appreciate you saying that, that sentence about how light we're advanced. And that was just a little, a little example, I think, you know, why it matters. Every time I'm at our office in Budapest, the first thing I do once I say hello to everybody, I go right up to that fourth floor and I go and bug these engineers like, hey, what are you guys working on? Like, I got to see. I got to see what's going on because they're they're so deep into it and they're they're very passionate about what they do, but they know how to fit things together to make them most appealing to, to the, the widest section of our, our customers. So it's always like super inspiring and says, you know, I always get so, you know, so charged up when I go see what they're working on because I can go drop little Easter eggs, you know, from that point to our customers, like yeah. you, guess what we got, you know? And that's thing, so cool you know? because you can't teach passion. And that's what excites me about your all's company is, you know, engineering is super competitive. We know that 
We, right. we know that, that you're in one of the most competitive industries, um, quite possibly. And But there's something different and there's a lot of soul and a lot of fun that comes out of this company. And that's why I was so excited to have you on the show and, and, and hear more about your founder, your philosophies, your values. And it so- sounds like such a cool place to work. Well, you know, we're, we're very lucky that way. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about our founder, because I think it's it's one of the things that really drew me to the company. And, and you know, I say fall in love all the time because I fell in love with Lightwear when I got there. I was I was in mm-hmm. Budapest and I could feel my, my heart just warming up. You know, he this this gentleman, when he was a was a child, was in Romania with his family during Ceausescu's uh, reign. And, and they had to actually escape the country during this terror terror tyrant, tyrant's reign. And he and his family, when he was like seven years old, they crossed the border into Budapest looking for a better life. Now you think about the story of an immigrant coming out of Romania into Budapest to look for a better life with his family and, and then being accepted into the top university and then coming out and creating a company that that's, that's now, you know, worldwide and established all over the world. And, and one of the things that, that he brought with him during that journey was this idea we talked about at the top of the show is this belief in the freedom of information. You know, he came from an environment where information was not free, where where people could not share ideas, where they were not allowed to speak their mind and and embrace the democratic values that we hold so dear in this country. And and he brought that to his product, which I think is so impressive, you know? So now when you go into the product from a lightware and you open up some of the software or the documentation, Everything that our engineers that Mike was talking about, everything that those engineers know about what's going on in the product is exposed. It's open. And so we have this saying, right? If 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 I know it, you know it, and you can have access to it. And it makes us very different in that way because a lot of engineering companies are a little bit more secretive and a little bit more cloak, cloak and dagger than the way Lightware is. Yeah, I know open API is your claim to fame, and I love that. But I also love that you guys talk about your latency. Tell us a little bit about that. Look, Mike's like, so please. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, it's always been, it's a fundamental principle of how we've gone about engineering signal management solutions when it comes to video, right? Going all the way back, you know, we created the world's first digital video matrix back in 2006, right? And at the time, there was kind of a, a line in the sand that you kind of had to draw from an engineering standpoint. You could you could maybe manage more signals within one box, but you had to compress it and you had to, to, to shrink it down and, and inherently add latency to your video signal. And right from that point, there was a divergence where it says, no, we're not going to do that. We want you know, what goes in is what's going to come out and we have full, you know, full bandwidth and we have all of the, the things needed to pass video signals without compressing them. And that, that is carried through on through every single one of our product lines, every one of our product divisions up until now, right? To the, the stuff that we're using now today, we are still, we're managing HDMI 2.0 signals uncompressed, un, you know, we, so it's, you don't, it's not scaled. There's no latency. And the, the, the testing that we did when we were first initially going through to see actually what the latency was, because there's never such thing as zero latency, right? But the, the instruments that we had to go find to measure this latency was, were, were things we did not expect we'd have to go find, you know, because the latency is that low. Uh, and and all, that's a fundamental core principle of our company from an engineering standpoint, going all the way back and even, you know, before the founding really, or before we actually created those boxes, because they knew at the time, you know, I don't, we can't have any latency on these signals. We want that switch time to be instantaneous. I think, um, I think, you know, Mike, Mike, you, you really described it perfectly. And, and I think it goes back to some of this, 
value around the information because Mike video pixels are information right and 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 if what you put in is the information somebody originally intended and then somebody's compressing it they're literally throwing out information it'd be like if, you know if you wrote a book and then somebody said oh well you know we're gonna give you the reader's digest version and we're just gonna throw out half these words and half these characters and half these sentences and then we'll, yeah. we'll tell you what the story was at the other end well that's not being true to the author's intent and that's not being true to what the original information was that's offering up an edited version of it your edited version and that's not us that's not what we do that's why i read cliff notes in school and failed the book report <laughs> you know it's the same it's the same concept i was just somebody just shared this information with me you know the power of information it was cnn's highest rated news show has seven hundred thousand viewers and joe rogan's podcast has 11 million that's the power of information today and podcasts. It's, it's incredible. So, you know, what a, what a vision we should be so grateful for that your founder had and has, you know, what a legacy. This, this is incredible. Did you guys know that when we had our conference in August last year in Chicago, we literally had a tour of Lightwear's demonstration of the march no i didn't know that i didn't know that either yeah we um we love your work and uh brandon brunheimer from avispl literally brought whoever wanted to go on a side tour of of the mart and that mart here in chicago the i think the kennedy's own the mart i'm not i'm not so sure they used to it's a beautiful light show and several of our members went and they were able to not only get the, the tour from Brandon, who was, a, who was an excellent site tour leader, the, he also brought us behind the scenes to the bridge and areas where the lights were actually set up or the technology was actually set up. Have either of you guys been to that location where that light show is? You know, I, I personally haven't, Megan, but, but you bring up something that's really, I think, neat. And that is that most people have actually seen Lightware, but they don't know that they've seen Lightware, you yes. know, and, and, and so Mike has been around at the company for longer than I have, but, but we could throw out a few shows, Cirque du Soleil, the Cirque du Soleil shows. Yeah. If anybody's ever seen the Cirque du Soleil show anywhere in the world, all of that graphics is supported by Lightware. That, that, that's a standard. Uh, if anybody's ever seen Blue Man Group in Las Vegas, those shows are all supported by Lightware. They're the uh, some of the theme parks that people have been to and riding around on. If they've seen video projections, those are all supported by Lightware at some of the Orlando Universal theme parks. Mike, who, who, who are a couple of other major major places that we we could have seen some Lightware in concert tours? Know. Megan had mentioned this in the in you know in the green room that you know oh Elton John was just in town. Yeah, you want to know what I did this morning? Or I'm sorry, not this morning. Saturday morning, I called my brother number two. And I said, Jim, would you like to go to Elton John with me tonight? Front row tickets. And he said, Meg, I'm in Idaho. I can't believe it. I've always wanted to see Elton John. Now we, we grew up around the piano um, singing Elton John. We grew up, you know, he plays. And I said, all right, how about tea in the morning on Sunday with Sir Elton? And Jim was like, Oh my gosh, you're amazing. But here's the thing. This was the funny part. It was, I, I did not have front row tickets, nor was I meeting John for um, tea on Sunday, but he had 
several front row seats available for sale. It was a possibility to go. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go for A to see Elton, hear the music and the show, the light show. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, Mike, Mike said Elton John, and that's, that's obviously one of those top acts, you know, that goes around the world. I mean, my gosh, that guy, he's been doing it for years, hasn't he? And then yep. shows, even shows Billie Eilish had a tour recently with Lightwear products supporting her. The Eagles, every time they go out, they've got, they've got Lightwear supporting them. So if you've been to any kind of concert in the last, I'd say, 10 years, and you've seen those big LED walls, there's a good chance that Mike Ellsworth designed some aspect of that, of that signal transmission topology. And there's an, also a really, really good chance that that was Lightwear displaying those images up on the screens. I was Arena. just in South Bend. They had a um, they had a, a an event, and I brought the show, and we had a Lightwear LED display behind me, and it, th they're just amazing. It was in little, I mean, it was a magnet, you know, portable display. It was just awesome. Brandon just took some of our wall. I mean, it was it was beautiful. It was the probably the the show will come out in a couple of weeks where um, your dis your LED display was back there. What were you Mike, saying? What let oh. me let me just ask Mike because Mike, you've been doing this for a while. What what's one of the most challenging environments that you've ever had to design for? Or what's question. one of the most challenging things that somebody's ever come to you and, and asked us for? So you know, uh, some of the the stuff that we're doing now because of the the high amount of bandwidth required to push video signals and all those things. But really, as I was kind of understanding large scale video distribution, sports sports arenas and and sports venues were something that were not necessarily the, the biggest challenge, but were challenging in in the number of things you had to manage and where they had to go. Right. So video signals that are coming in when when the team scores a touchdown, we got to put this graphic on those video walls. Right. And so they have a preset for, hey, here's the touch. All they do, there's a button. Hey, press touchdown. And then your graphics go up and do all those things. But the, the actual behind the scenes of how that works is a lot of different, you know, you know, things happening all at the right time and, and managing it, you know, right there, because, I mean, nobody cares you know, if, the, if your graphics go up, like uh, the play after the team scores a touchdown, that, that doesn't work, you know? So designing these solutions where any video signal and any graphic has to go any certain place with, with a high number of eyes on it, right? That you, you're eliminating your, your possibility for, for failures and, and, you know, you can't have, you know, dropouts, you have to have backups and all these things that, that kind of all go into making a, a proper video distribution system in, in big venues, because you're always having to deal with, it's not just, hey, send my computer up to that projector, right? Yeah. Hey, so Mike, you just mentioned big venues, and and, I, and and Megan referred to one, but I want to go into it a little bit more. Can you talk a little bit about Illuminarium and and sort of what that what that concept was, and and what what Lightwear brought to that from for the Ubex? So Illuminarium is a really really exciting and, and fun way of of really just. Uh, it's a different form of entertainment, right? It's a it's a physical space and a physical venue that you go to, but once you're inside of it, you're really in one big giant you know, immersive environment, right? They, they, I think the, the one in Atlanta used over a hundred projectors. So, and it's not just one room and with, with all these projectors kind of edge blended together, there's different rooms, there's different parts of it. And as you move through the, the exhibition, you're seeing video on all of these walls at any given time, right? But the thing is when you're using that number of projectors and you're using multiple projectors to make one big image, 
your signal has to be absolutely rock solid because you, you know projector A is responsible for 25% of the image and projector B is responsible for the next 25%. But if even if it, if your refresh rate's off or your color space is off, you're going to have a line in the middle of your image that people or anybody can see and look at what, what, what's that going on. So with the Luminarian, they said, hey, we got a hundred plus projectors, guys. Can, can, can we handle this? Can we actually do the things that we're envisioning uh, to, to display on these walls? Is that like, is that possible? And we said, Yes, <laughs> because here's here's our Hoovex platform. Here's how we're making this work. We're taking an uncompressed signal over over a fiber network to ensure that all of these signals arrive where they need to arrive when they need to arrive there. Right. That was that's a great description. I, I tell you, I, I was I was lucky enough to get to go to the opening of the Illuminarium in Atlanta uh, last summer, and they had they had taken these specialized cameras out to a safari in Africa, and and they had, they had uh, created content specifically for this environment, the one Mike was describing, and there are hippopotamuses that are you know enormous. Enormous on these 23 foot high, you know, walls and you see giraffes walking like as big as giraffes really are and rhinos and monkeys and everything. And not only do they do the video like Mike is describing, but they also spatialize the audio. So, so what I mean by that is if you if you looked behind you because you heard some birds, you they would be running the audio track behind you because the birds were flying back there and you would turn over your shoulder and you could see the birds flying and you could hear them exactly where they were going. And, and, and then they were, this is crazy, but they were also, every time the elephants would walk, they would sort of bounce the floor of the, of the environment a little bit. So you kind of get this feeling like, oh my God, I think I can feel that elephant as he's walking by. And then you can smell them and you can see them and you can hear them. So when, when Mike says immersive, it is, it is a pretty amazing experience. And I, I think, heard that you guys are going to do that at Navy Pier here too in Chicago. When will that one be done? Because we should do a we should do an event there for the opening. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be 2023. Uh, right now, they're just about to open the newest one in Las Vegas area 15, and so we're uh, I'm actually on my way to Las Vegas next week to go do a site tour. But uh, the the rollout for those Illuminarium uh, locations is supposed to be you know Las Vegas. Then I think they're going to get to Chicago, Dallas. Then I think they're doing Mexico City. Then I think they're doing Denver. So they've, they've got a whole plan over the coming years to roll these out so that hopefully many, many people across the United States and around the world will get a chance to experience it. And, and some of the things that Jason's describing, you know, the, the, the details of an immersive environment and an and, and experience like that, the things that we're learning now today, the things that we're doing with these environments, we fully plan on being able to deliver in the esports environment. So, you know, in the future, you know, and not even very far off, I don't, I don't think that that's what esports are going to be, right? You're going to be, you're going to have, you know, players and, and competitors sitting in spaces that are, that are that, you know, level of, of immersive experience, right? So, and all of that is, is things that are, you see it slowly migrating, but migrating at the pace of technology, which in our, in our brains is lightning fast, but that's all the things that we're doing now today, I fully see being, you know, possible and, and you know, being used in esports in the very near future. Well, you know, your passion is contagious, I must say. And to the point that um, I, uh, I I just found out yesterday that you were formally invited to serve on our advisory board, Mike. Congratulations. Very excited. Yeah, it, we, we're really excited, you know, not just to have Lightwear here as our partner, but boy, having you part of our advisory leadership is such an honor. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, why John, our chairman, decided to invite you to, to serve here? And let, let's hear, you know, how it all started. 
you know, it's it started out with with a, in a conversation with Brandon. You know, I believe you know back in the fall of this year, um, seeing some of the solutions that were that were bringing to the market and the things that we're working on, and 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 the amount of information that you have about a video saying you know, when you use a lightware solution, and Brandon was the first guy to say, "You guys need to be doing esports because we need all of this stuff." Um, so it's like, you know, bringing us into the environment and, and, and introducing us to, to the association and, and, and the folks that are, you know, involved on the advisory level and at the, you know, kind of the, the executive level, you know, we're, we're, we're not experts in esports, you know, as a, as a whole, we're not going to know everything about every title that's out there, but we are, what we are experts is in our video signals, right. And video, video signal management is a huge component of how esports are fundamentally delivered, whether you're in a small, you know, three on three, you know, gameplay style, you know, small environment, or you're in a giant stadium environment, you know, that's being viewed all over the world and all those things, you, you still need to manage video signals coming from a graphics card and going either to a monitor or to a display or those types of things. So we, we have a very specific set of, uh, of, of skills and expertise that can be you know, something that, that is leaned on as we design what the standards are going to be for esports environments moving forward. I think that was the, the biggest thing that, that was appealing for in terms of Lightware and, and the association. Yeah, well, we really appreciate your leadership and your partnership. And, you know, it's going to be a really great year with you guys. And you're also going to be having our entire community for lunch in August. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Megan. You know, when, when you and I first spoke back in December and we were just kind of getting to know each other and, and you, you told me about that, that amazing event that you hold and, and you described the, the quality of people and the quantity of people and how it's growing so fast and the venue that you chose. And then I went and I, I watched the videos, you know, of, of the venue and, and it just seemed like people were really having a great time for being at a conference. I mean, you know, conferences are conferences are conferences, but, but these people look like they were really enjoying themselves. And that was, I think that was the moment that I, you know, in consultation with Mike and with Brandon, we decided, you know what, we, we need to go into this as big as we can. And, and so that was in, in conversations with you when we decided that we wanted to be a gold sponsor for that, that event. And yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. We've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work with our marketing folks to try to get the word out there about the Esports Trade Association. And we're certainly going to be doing a lot of marketing around the event itself, you know, in August. And, and Mike will be there. I'll be there. We're going to be sending an entire crew to support the presentation. And, and yeah, we can't wait. Looking Really looking forward to it. So, are, so should we expect something immersive or is this more of like, I, I mean, I did see your all's booth at, was it Infocom? Wow. I mean, you guys, you guys really know how to, how to put on a show or, you know, and, and I'm not looking for anything spectacular, but we do have Encore as a partner. So we're able to, to do whatever you guys would like. No pressure. We at the last. You shouldn't the, ask us in front of everybody if there's no pressure. <laughs> on video, recorded. Yeah, exactly. We also, great. We also last time we had ARVR experiences at the conference, and but you guys could do whatever you want. Sometimes just hearing and and learning and having lunch and you know meeting you guys is 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 all there is. But you get to do. You get to present it the way you would like to present it. I was just personally excited. When, when I'll never forget when I talked to Jason, I'm like, well, if you want the lunch presentation, it, it's got to be fun, Jason, at least fun. That's all I'm asking for. No boring. I, I, I guarantee you we're going to bring some fun with this. I, I, and I'll, I will make the fun as immersive as I can. So don't you worry. Well, we're going to bring immersion and we're going to bring fun. I can't tell you what, what kind of pixels and screens will be there, but I can tell you we'll be there with our fun. Well, I have a funny story. 
LG provided us the screens and we had some robots there during uh, the last conference. And as you guys know, during COVID, trucking and delivery got a little jazzed up. So the hotel hotel calls me the day before the conference, the day before we could load in and says, you have a couple of robots and a screen in the alley off of Michigan Avenue. And I'm like, I do. (laughs) Okay. I'll be right over. They look friendly. I took pictures. I took, they were robots and screens in the alley. And they're, so there was no one to load them in. So I just found some poor souls that helped me push these, you know, this technology into the elevator. I've never done anything like this. I have, I have evidence, I have proof, but here was the bad part. It's an old hotel, you know, cause Chicago, it's old school, old classic Chicago, beautiful hotel. We couldn't fit the screen into the elevator. And I am working with the robots. I'm getting Cleo and Leo loaded. And I hear that the screen is getting back on a truck to go my screen, (laughs) my background. I hear this and I was like, no way. There's no way we can't have this incredible screen for our conference. It's, it's esports. You know, we, we, this is, so I go around the front door and see that the elevator looks a little bigger through the entry of the hotel. And I push, I grab a couple of more people and we push the screen down the alley, down the street of Chicago, through the front door of the hotel, wave really nicely. It fits into the main elevator. And that was that. You've, you've got what we call chutzpah, you know, chutzpah that, yeah, you, you've got chutzpah. So what's chutzpah? I've heard the word. And where does it derive from? It's I, not Latin for. No, no, it's it? Yiddish. It's Yiddish. It means courage. It means courage, you know, or, 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 you know, the ability to not let something overcome you. You know, you, you're, you will not be overcome, Megan. You're, you're like, you're like a, a hurricane. Uh, oh, yeah. Like a, a gentle, quiet, nice one. My point is whatever it is that you guys decide that you would like to do for this incredible gold sponsorship that you have, you know, the sky is the limit. <laughs> We made really good friends. We're going back to the Hyatt centric mag mile this year. And it was, it was just an incredible, it was really an incredible experience. My brain is running wild. Now that we know these resources, I'm probably the wrong person to tell this to you. Cause I'm Jason's going to have to rein me in here soon because I, a guy like me, hears this. I was like, well, we could do a lot of stuff. Oh, I could do this. Can we do that? Like, you know, well, I have many ideas now that we're, so Mike, now that I know what our level of resources are. Mike, if we had all the money and all the time and all the resources in the world, which which we don't, Megan, this is kind of a dream. This is a dream scenario. But if Mike, if Mike and I were, were to just sit back and think about it, you know what I would build? I would build a little XR studio. You know, wouldn't that be cool to have one of those little XR studios? So, so, so Mike, t- tell, tell us a little about what an XR studio is, because those were used in some very, 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 very um, well-known uh, science fiction episodes recently. So well, what's an XR studio, Mike? An XR studio is is an external reality, you know, environment, right? So 
in the past, in order to to put someone in a in a in a in a visual space where they are not physically located, you use a green screen. And you can put all sorts of stuff back there, make it look however you want. You can be at the White House, you could be on top of Mount Everest, you can do whatever you need to do. XR uses video walls on, on multiple sides of the, the stage environment. So floor, ceiling, walls, those are all video walls. So which then can be to have an image, you know, you know, projected or displayed on all of these different sides, right? So instead of actually like being in front of a green screen and a mountain behind you, why don't we just put the mountain behind you? <laughs> and so in, 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 I mean, and I think that as we move, you talked about a little earlier, um, what that holds for esports, I'm thinking an XR studio with live gameplay, right? That's what I would love to do. You know, have, have somebody where, you know, me and Brandon duke it out, you know, playing. I was just going to say, doesn't Brandon have it? Doesn't he have an XR studio uh, at headquarters at AVISPL in Orlando? Yes. 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 So, I mean, that's, you know, what he, what he's trying to do, you guys, um, and you were here yesterday, Jason, on that LinkedIn live with Sharon and Jonathan, um, we're, we're, we're doing local chapters for that very reason. So people can experience that and, um, you know, um, it, it, on, a, on a local level. So Brandon's launching the Orlando chapter of the Esports Trade Association, and we're literally doing the member meetup at his office in the XR studio. That's, oh, so, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, when you, when you see the, when you see the environment, yeah, go when you ahead, see the XR Mark, environment live, it makes, it's, it, it makes you understand. It's like, you know, like when you ride in a Tesla, right? It makes other cars seem like, oh, well, yeah, of course this makes sense. Like, but, so when you're in front of an XR stage, when you're actually presenting on an XR stage or or playing a playing a video game, you know, on an XR stage, it's like, oh, why weren't we doing this the whole time? You know, it's that level of of understanding when you're when you're it physically is. there and you're in front of it. It makes so much sense, and it gives you the type of spatial awareness and the type of you know, kind of you know, I'm actually here, you know, type of type of vibe uh, that you don't get from you know talking to a tennis ball on a stick in front of a green screen, you know what I mean? See, I, I love engineering. Okay. So I, and I love like when you go to your all's website, it's uh, what was it video engineering, like, or visual, maybe it was visual engineering. I saw it and I was like, I love it. So, so here's what I like, what you just said, you know, how you just don't know what you don't know, but you know, you like it. It's like a five-star hotel or a Tesla. It's so perfect. And that's what I love about your all's company because you don't even know, but what you don't even know, you just like it. You know, Megan, thank you for saying that. And and look, you know, um, Mike and I have spent a lot of time together talking about this stuff, thinking about it. We're, you know, this is our lives, you know. And and one of the things that we've come to the conclusion of is that when somebody uses lightware, they usually, almost always, they use lightware again. And and it's it's because what you just described, they don't know what they don't know. And 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 the first time they pick up one of our boxes, or the first time they see what is actually possible. They suddenly, their eyes open up literally and physically, you know, physically and figuratively, you know, they suddenly go, oh, now I get what it is that I was missing. And I think that's what happened to Brandon when he came by our booth at Infocom and we started that relationship with him. And that's what's happened in places where people can go to an XR studio. That's what happens when they go to an Illuminarium. They suddenly realize, oh, I've been missing all this information. I've been missing everything that's out there and I didn't even realize it. And that's one of the really nice things about being in the position we're in is to be able to provide that experience and let people walk away with this new understanding of what's possible. The first thing that Brandon saw that where he says, wait a second, was just making us <laughs> making a simple switch, right? That was a, like just as an act of making a switch, switching from one video signal to another and to be able to press the button, 
to make the switch and the switch happens, right? Sometimes, you know, in, in large environments in all different types of video environments, you almost get accustomed to, you know, with a, with a compressed or with a scaled signal, pressing the button, waiting a couple seconds and having the video there. So even for someone that's just, that knows this stuff and interfaces with this type of hardware on a daily basis, just the act of making a simple switch, which in, in signal management, that might be the most simple task that, that you each got to execute. Just that, that little thing will get someone, wait, wait, okay. You get, that's interesting. I don't see, I usually don't, I'm not used to seeing that. What else do you have? Exactly. Then, you, then we show them the amount of information we have on the video signal. And he's like, okay, hold, start from the beginning. Cause now, now I'm, now I understand, right? I, <laughs> I press the button. I see how it reacts. Now I get, now let's actually talk about what you have going on. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I remember when I first talked to Jason and I, I, I was on foot and I wasn't able to be in front of my computer. I didn't know anything, but what, what I knew is what you guys did. And I've been there. I saw it. I have a t-shirt, you know, we, we don't do a lot of digital display in Chicago because, um, the, the mayor or the, the, somebody that's in charge of the lighting wants to keep us a, a quieter, uh, light display. Um, it's just what I'm sure you guys probably hear that there's some ordinance where it, it can't be that digitized, which is, which is fine. I like that. So our light displays that we do have are done really well, like a Tesla and, 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 and Tesla is like a great, just a great way, Mike, to talk about things as me. I don't have a car. I get in Ubers every day, but when I get in a Tesla, it's a different experience and I don't know what it is, but I'm like, cool. I got a Tesla today. And you're talking to a guy who's born and raised in, in Detroit in in the heart of the motor city. And even I get into a Tesla and I was like, eh, these guys kind of nailed it. You know, it makes, you know, <laughs> well, speaking of the heart of Detroit, I'm going to tell you this American cars are getting more comfortable because I literally am getting in them all the time. So I, it's like, you know, have you tried an American car lately? I will, I will, I will go on record to say, I'm like, wow, the Cadillac, this is nice. I've, 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 I, you know, I get the comfort now on Uber. And so um, I've been getting a lot of very comfortable um, um, American cars, just. Absolutely. But when you're in that Tesla, you know, it's those, oh those things that you see like, oh, man oh. oh this just i didn't know i wanted that until i had it i didn't know i liked it until i experienced it and knew that oh this is now seeming doing doing the uh, doing something else in a different car it doesn't really seem like it loses mm -hmm. a little bit you know it's just like subtle greatness um there's a like just just those subtleties there's a point in every event i've been doing events for my whole career because with association management comes events and there's a point in an event where i always stop in my track and kind of like tears go in my eyes and I'm like, we did it. The event, you know, it's like, there's just always that point in every event that I've ever done. It just always happens. I never know when it's going to happen, but it overcomes me. I'm by myself. And I'm like, where that's happening more now is the tech table. Our tech table went from, you know, being in the basement closet to being like the gold standard, the club you want to be part of our our event committee last event, I think it had between 20 and 40 people on it, volunteers. Our entire, our entire event was run by our members. You guys might want to consider it because it was just an experience on top of the experience watching this group of people bond over the course of three months of meetings. And, you know, that one switch, like you say, Mike. 
you know, and the toys and the club and the things and the gadgets and the, you know, the, the whole Radio Shack experience. Um, it, it's really fun for me to witness. And for I've witnessed that this last event for the first time more collaborative than I've ever seen. Yeah. To me, it's a look behind the curtain right? We all, yeah. we all go to these events and we all see these things happen. And sometimes you, you, if ever, if your event goes flawlessly and you did everything you're supposed to do, no one should even really think about necessarily how that's actually being done. But when you show it to someone and you show them what's behind the scenes of a, of a large event, what it takes to, to be able to get that person yeah. on, a, on a projector or video all about just behind them, you know, along with all the, all the other things that you need to be able to show people like, Oh, now you're, you're showing what's behind the scenes, what's behind the curtain and how you make that all work. And the technology that we're using to do that nowadays is, is really cool and really, you know, kind of cutting edge relative to, to what's available out there. So showing that to people to say, hey, not only can we do all this stuff and check it out, this looks cool and like, you know, lasers and, you know, lights and all the other fun stuff that that make it the oohs and ahs. Hey, here's how it's done. Here's how we, we make that work. And that can be its own separate little exhibition or own separate little thing that, that people get to look at and see and get, get a better understanding of how this stuff all fits together, you know? For you sure. know, I wanted to ask you guys something, and I, I, Megan, I don't know how much more time do we have. Are we? Are we? We have a few more, about four minutes, okay. but we can I mean, we could go over. Okay, I mean, this just is one, just so exciting. Well, good. I'm glad. I've got I got one more little thought because you know how. Um, and Mike and Megan, this is for both of you. Maybe we can just talk about it as we wrap up. But you know how um, in, in technolo- technological developments, there's sometimes there has to be one thing before you can get the other. You know, we spoke about Tesla, right? And, and the Tesla couldn't exist unless certain other things existed first, and then they could put them together to get you that experience. And Mike, you said something earlier that's got me thinking about video game developers themselves, you know, because I think for, for, the, for the past, they've had to imagine that their audiences were seeing things in sort of a two-dimensional, you know, screen, and that's what they've been developing for. But now that things are moving towards a more XR immersive environment where the image can be displayed, not only on, on front of somebody, but on the sides, above, below, and really pull them into the whole experience like a holodeck, do you think that, that, and I'll ask both of you, I mean, do you think that that'll start to change the way video game developers think about the environments they're developing for? I don't see how it couldn't, right? I think it would have to. Um, and I'm very interested to understand what game developers are working on now, because a lot of times the titles you see released today have been in development for the past three, four years. And think about how far, uh, you know, our, just our technology has advanced in, in the last past three to four years. So I want to know, I'm assuming that what they're working on is is beyond now is, is beyond the 2D space, right? And and to understand, we you know, we work with some game developers rec- just very recently, but we're doing stuff in their conference rooms, <laughs> right? So I want to say, hey, cool, let's go sit in one of these conference rooms and have you guys talk to us about what's, what's happening here and now. But I can, um, they, if, if they weren't thinking in that in that way, I'd be very surprised, right? Because it's, we, we see what Illuminarium is possible, you know, things like Illuminarium, what's possible today. And to bring that into, into a space, it would take a, a kind of maybe a, a deeper level of development, but it, it's, it's still the same, you know, general concept of, you know, being immersed in the game. So what, not, not just on, you know, an Oculus headset or a VR headset, like, no, no, no throw the headset away for now we're, we're in the we're in this game man um so i'm very i'm very curious to see what they're working on but i i would imagine they're maybe even maybe further ahead than than we anticipate i think they are and um we did have somebody that is a member that might be doing a field trip over to their warehouse where they are developing 3d games 
And yes. So um, that's to come kind of like your immersive experience, but we sure have uh, come a long way since Miss Pac-Man, haven't we, Jason? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'm old enough to remember that. So I know what you're referring to, but yes, we have come a long way. We, we really have. So did you guys have any parting words that you wanted to share? I, I just want to say thank you, Megan. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, ever since we, we got to know you and had our first discussion, um, I can feel that there's this energy and uh, enthusiasm and momentum around the Esports Trade Association. And I think it, it stems from the top. You know, all, all organizations, you know, take on aspects of their leadership. And you've got a, a, a great personality. Uh, for bringing people together, making people feel comfortable, uh, giving us a platform to be able to talk about the stuff that's important to us. And you do it very naturally and very easily. And and I just, yeah, I guess that's it. I just want to say thanks for for making it so easy. Mm. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. Well, it's really just been an honor um, to to do what I do. And, and, and um, I, I, I'm actually speechless. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you, um, Jason and um, Mike. It, it's been a pleasure to have both of you guys. I mean, we we really are in this for the long run. We're we're it's we're not a like let's get one deal and be done. We're we're in it to build relationships and have a great time together. And um, I, I really look forward to to learning more about both of you and growing together. Um, thank you both for being on the show. And um, to contact Jason, or probably it would be Mike, um, please um, go to Lightwear. Is it Lightwear.com? Or? You can go to Lightwear.com. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and, and there's contact information for all of our offices around the world and for our uh, offices here in the United States. So yeah, Lightwear.com. Uh, please contact us. We'd love to help. And if you have any questions for the professor, do you guys have any handles? We can get we can get you in front of the professor, sure. Yeah. Don't All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, any social media handles for the professor? I'm 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 definitely excited to meet him someday. I'm thinking a trip to Budapest. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. It's been a great show. Thanks, Maggie. Take care. Thank you, Mike.